right, welcome everybody, and good morning to the Wyatt Wright Show. Justice for all, I'm Wyatt Wright. This show is about our rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard of and care about, and ones that you would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more personal rights are erased from the books, while Americans stand idly by. Not because we don't care, of course we care, because our lives are busy enough trying to feed our families and raise our kids. While we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us like the frog that gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We'll take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. Today, we'll be joined in the studio by San Antonio Workers' Compensation Attorney Leticia Gonzalez and hear her thoughts on how our new laws affect you. Let's go ahead and jump right in and get wet. It was 3.30 in the morning when 40-year-old Jefferson County Sheriff's Deputy Ed Martin knocked on the door and was greeted with a point-blank shotgun blast to his chest. Other deputies called for help, and the paramedics ordered a life-flight helicopter ambulance flying the 17 miles or so to the hospital. His doctors credit the quick helicopter ride with saving his life. The shooting was in the line of duty, and Deputy Martin was covered by the county's workers' compensation insurance plan, so he had nothing to fear from a financial standpoint. That is, until several weeks later when Deputy Martin received a phone call from the insurance carrier that told him they would not be paying the $7,300 for the helicopter ride because they had determined that it wasn't medically necessary. Are you kidding me? That's right, not medically necessary. Workers' compensation insurance companies in Texas only have to pay for those items that are medically necessary. And amazingly, Texas's broken workers' compensation system allows the insurance company to make that decision. So Deputy Martin was out of work for two years, during which time he underwent treatment and 11 surgeries. More times during his treatment, uh, he was faced with the, the situation of hearing that what his doctors were recommending was not medically necessary. And as a result, he has permanent nerve damage, which he now deals with every day. Surely he could get some help, a hearing, a judge, a lawyer, somebody, but no. Because in 2005, while we weren't watching, the Texas legislature dissolved the Workers' Compensation Commission. It was the commission's job to provide oversight to Texans who were injured on the job. Instead, the legislature replaced it with a division within the Texas Department of Insurance. Yes, the Department of Insurance, which is cozy with the industry, is headed by a commissioner appointed by the governor, the same governor whose position on taking away people's rights and access to the courts has been made perfectly clear. Why couldn't Deputy Martin hire a lawyer? to help him fight the workers' compensation denials. The man was shot in the chest. The air flight wasn't medically necessary? Well, he couldn't hire a lawyer because most claimants' lawyers in Texas have been driven out of the practice due to a new fee structure, one that makes surviving in the field exceedingly difficult. The result, of course, is that insurance companies retain their lawyers who then go up against injured people who are not lawyers or don't have lawyers. Does that sound fair? Well, with those odds, who do you think prevails most often? 
well, the insurance companies, of course. The result is that most denials end right there. Because injured people have very little recourse beyond hiring an attorney by the hour and paying him or her out of their own pocket. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show, program where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. But Deputy Martin was assigned a case manager, a go-between, somebody who he thought would help pave the way towards getting procedures approved. When he still faced the denials, he questioned just how effective that system was. Then he found out that the case manager, are you ready, had been hired by the very insurance company denying his claims. So instead, Deputy Martin had to take on the fight himself and plead with his doctors to take time out of their schedules to argue on his behalf that his procedures were medically necessary. Something is wrong with this picture. Deputy Martin's not a doctor. He's not a a specialist in the field of workers' compensation. He's a law enforcement officer. He gets shot in the chest. Shouldn't somebody else take care of this? What's wrong with workers' compensation in Texas? Hmm. Well, two years after the incident... Deputy Martin had still not fully regained use of his left hand, and his doctors ordered him to take more time off for rehabilitation. But the insurance company refused to pay him any more wage replacements, which, by the way, were only 70% of his salary in the first place. So he was forced to go back to work long before he was healed. But he had a family to support. And if the insurance company wouldn't do it, then he would. Remember, this is a deputy shot on duty, and he had his workers' compensation benefits denied. Hmm. A former chief lobbyist for the Texas Medical Association explains that in workers' compensation cases, cost containment is the goal. The result, of course, is that widespread suppression of medical services for those who need it occurs every day. But to what end? Saving costs? I mean, are the companies broke? No. In fact, Texas's biggest workers' compensation insurance provider is reported to have paid the better portion of $1 billion, with a B, to its shareholders in just the last four years. So instead of having an insurance system that is designed to be there to protect and pay for those injuries which are necessary... Denials are rampant and profits are soaring. And according to reports filed with the state, the majority of claims denials were because the insurance company deemed treatment to be, quote, not medically necessary. Kind of like the life flight helicopter ride that saved Deputy Martin's life. Yeah. So after years of jockeying the system, insurance companies more frequently found themselves on the receiving end of what are called bad faith lawsuits. Texas has historically had some of the best consumer protection laws in the nation, from a legislative standpoint, that is, and many are still on the books. But most have been severely eroded by our Supreme Court, other ones we've talked about on this program. But, for instance, the Deceptive Trade Practices Act, which prevents people from saying one thing and doing another in the course of commerce or selling you something. Fair Debt Collection Act. It says if you're going to collect debts from somebody, you've got to play by the rules. 
and not break the law and be harassing. Penalties for insurance companies that abuse policyholders or don't pay claims quickly. Ladies and gentlemen, when I enter into a contract with somebody, I fully expect the other party to perform their end of the contract, and so too do they expect me to perform mine. A policy of insurance is no different. It seems then, if somebody breaks the insurance contract, that there ought to be recourse. Texans recognize that individuals don't stand much chance against an insurance company. And we've done this. We've known this for many years. That's why the law requires that big insurance companies who have more power act honorably or in what we call good faith. If you're going to deny under a policy, you have to have a good faith reason for doing so. And to make sure that they follow the insurance policy and don't take advantage, the law provides extra damages and interest if a company acts in bad faith. If you've just tuned in, this is the Justice for All Wyatt Wright Show, a program where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. But this prohibition against acting in bad faith used to apply to all insurance, even workers' compensation insurance. For the most part, the system was available for citizens to go to court if they were being cheated. But don't get too comfortable, ladies and gentlemen, because in August of 2011, the Texas Supreme Court, long known by consumer organizations to consistently rule in favor of big business against the average citizen like you and me, swung the axe and killed any possibility of ordinary Texans prevailing in court against workers' compensation insurance companies. In a case called Texas Mutual Insurance Company versus, uh, versus rather Ruttinger, the high court overturned a jury verdict and said that citizens cannot sue workers' compensation insurance companies even when they deliberately act unfairly and in bad faith by denying valid claims. Right now, somebody's reaching over and turning up the receiver, and they said he, he had to have said that wrong. That can't be right. You heard me right. The Texas Supreme Court, the so-called guardian of our Texas liberties, said that citizens cannot sue workers' compensation insurers even when they deliberately act unfairly and in bad faith by denying claims. I don't, I don't know how to put a bigger exclamation point on it than that. This even overturned the high court's own ruling from 1987, making it clear that such claims were perfectly valid. Of course, the makeup of the Supreme Court has changed quite a bit since then. In 1987, when Texans still stood a chance against big business. So what was the court's reasoning this time for striking down this remedy? I mean, why can we no longer hold insurance companies accountable? Because the Texas Supreme Court suddenly claimed that Texas bad faith laws don't apply to workers' compensation insurers. Even though Texas courts for the past 40 years have had no trouble understanding that no insurance company is above Texas law, but now workers' compensation insurance companies are very definitely above the law. So we have a gang of nine Texas judges changing decades of law that clearly harms ordinary citizens. How can it be that this happened? Is it because big business put them in office with massive election funding? I don't know. You be the judge. The point is that as it stands, you and I have no chance against 
insurance companies if they're workers' compensation. Coming up, we're going to open the email bag to see what you have to say to me, so stick around for that. But what happened to Tim Ruttinger that led to this case? Well, he sued the insurance company for its many denials in paying for a hernia he claimed he received at work. Now, the insurance company denied the claim, saying that they didn't believe his injuries occurred at work. Okay, so there's a dispute. I understand disputes. What do we do when there's a dispute? Our law tells us we have the availability of a jury. A jury decided. And in its holding, the jury found that the insurance company breached its duty of good faith and fair dealing and that they knowingly, knowingly committed unfair and deceptive acts and practices in the handling of Tim Ruttinger's claim. Isn't that what juries are for, ladies and gentlemen, for deciding disputes? I mean, we have 12 impartial people listening to both sides of an argument and making a decision. There's no better system in all the world. We use it for our criminal trials. Someone says they're innocent. 12 people say they're not. That's the end of the story. They're guilty and vice versa. The system's far from perfect, but no one can seriously deny that the jury system isn't the fairest system anywhere. But in one broad stroke, the Texas Supreme Court crushed injured Texans everywhere and gave absolute and complete power to the insurance companies to decide whether or not to pay claims without any possibility of recourse or accountability. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I think that absolute and complete power in the hands of any one person or any one industry is extremely, extremely dangerous. Well, it's time to read the email back. See what you have to say. Well, today we've got an email from Anna. Anna says, please podcast all your shows. I first heard the last few minutes of a discussion about generic drugs and how we have no recourse for injury. You talked about a couple of people losing an arm from use of a generic IV and another drug causing someone's tongue to hang out. I wasn't able to hear most of the program. Please podcast all your shows regardless of where it airs. Thanks, Anna. Uh, you know, we're working on just that. Uh, after taking our holiday break, we're back in the studio with new shows starting this week. You can check our website at www.wyattwrightshow.com for podcasts that have become available. The episode you're speaking of isn't up yet, but I'm going to make it happen shortly. In the meantime, keep fighting for your rights. And as always, if you have something to say to me, Shoot me an email, speakup at wyattwrightshow.com, speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Well, today we've got a guest in the studio. Her name is Leticia Gonzalez. She's a longtime San Antonio attorney representing injured people in their fight to recover legitimate workers' compensation insurance benefits. Been doing just this kind of work for at least 10 years. Uh, Ms. Gonzalez, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, you know, it's exciting because uh, here we are faced with this Supreme Court ruling and we're faced with hearing stories of injured workers all over Texas and being able to get somebody's insight uh, from uh, from someone like you who practices in this every day is very instructive. I want to get your thoughts on all these issues, but first I want to read a statement to you by the executive director of the citizen advocacy group Texas Watch following this ruling in Ruttinger. Here's what they said. Once again... The Supreme Court is upending established law, ignoring the legislature's clear intent and overturning its own precedents to shield big insurance companies from responsibility to hardworking Texans. Today's decision 
allows insurance companies to purposely deny, delay, or underpay legitimate claims without fear of penalty or public accountability. Ms. Gonzalez, is this an accurate statement? Wyatt, it couldn't be further from the truth. We see this on a day-to-day basis. Well, is there a statement further from the truth or is there a statement dead on? Uh, excuse me. Nothing could be further from the truth. Their statement is dead on. Um, we see this every day with workers' comp insurance companies. Unfortunately, the people that are being harmed are the regular day-to-day workers of Texas. Yeah, and I think that's really what this all comes down to is it comes down to individual rights versus big, powerful corporate lobbies or or insurance companies. Shouldn't workers in Texas expect to have a system that protects them? Absolutely. If an injured worker is injured on the job, many times, no fault of their own, they should know that they have medical and income benefits that they can depend on during this time of need. But unfortunately, what we see is just what happened to Mr. Martin. Delay, denial, denial, delay, delay. And we see people who have to pawn all of their belongings in order to get through this very difficult period. Well, that doesn't sound like uh, the, the kind of Texas law that, that I want in place. Uh, if this is happening, uh, why isn't the, the rest of the public speaking out? Or is this something that people don't realize until they're faced with this situation? That's probably it. Why what we see is injured workers don't realize what their rights are. They don't realize that their employer gets to choose what insurance company, if any, they will have. And as their employer makes a choice with regard to which insurance carrier their policy they're gonna who they're gonna sign with, that will determine what type of medical care that injured worker will eventually be able to choose, if he even has a choice, because A few years back, they changed it to where they couldn't just select any provider. They had to choose an in-network provider or a specific, depending on the specific plan that was chosen by the employer. Okay, so in this case, Mr. Ruttinger, uh, certainly the one that led to the Supreme Court holding, he took his dispute to the courts. Uh, He didn't storm into Austin with a baseball bat. Uh, Didn't he handle it the right way? He did. In fact, they didn't deny his claim completely based on some allegations, and it's questionable how how thorough of an investigation the insurance carrier did in that case. Um, it eventually led to a benefit review conference where the insurance company agreed that he did, in fact, injure himself at work and that he was due both medical and income benefits. But this clearly was several months past the period when he was first injured. Okay, so in the meantime, uh, people have swinging in the wind. Is that it? I believe in reviewing that case, he was left. The injury happened in the summer, June, July. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any benefits until the following year, January, February. So for a common, everyday person who lives paycheck to paycheck or month to month, think about six months without any type of income or medical benefits. That's just horrible. Uh, Give me a rundown. You've got someone comes into your office and they say, look, I've been injured on the job. Um, Does part of your your initial consultation with that person include some sort of warnings about what they might be up against? Certainly. As they come, many of them are are scared. They don't know what their rights are. They're looking for, one, many times they're looking for, where can I get treatment? They're not informed as to what benefits they have under the workers' comp policy, so they're lost in that process. Um, Many of them have not been able to get medical care. And as they come to us, they're wondering what's going to happen. They can't work because they have this injury, yet they can't get the medical care they need in order to be able to go back to work. 
And while many employers think the, the, the system is such that the injured workers are, are milking the system or we hear the insurance companies say it's the injured workers who want to be out of job, want to stay home and collect workers' comp benefits, that's not the case at all. Texas has one of the lowest percentages of workers' comp benefits. They get paid 70%. Imagine taking a 30% pay cut today because you had a work injury. Yeah, that's just horrible. Now, as an experienced attorney in this field, uh, you, you see this all the time. Tell me this. Is it true that there are now a limited number of attorneys who can make a living even handling these claims? Sure. There's so many delays and disputes, and and there's a fee structure. Every Any work done on a case has to be itemized and go through the Division of Workers' Comp, which is a, a further hurdle for attorneys to want to do these types of cases. And then our fees are limited. We aren't allowed to charge whatever we think is reasonable. We ha- we're limited in in what we can charge. And as we do the billing, we ha- it has to go through the Division of Workers' Comp. And I've had cases where we're, we actually prevail at a case, but we haven't been able to get our billing through the system so that we're out one more time. I see. Well, you know, as a reminder to everybody, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All the Wyatt Wright Show, a program where we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Now, this is a this is a sad state of affairs, it sounds like, in Texas. Uh, we've talked about Texas laws preventing insurance companies from acting in bad faith. That is, that they have to honor their contracts. Now, as one legal scholar said, uh, quote, a good law unexecuted is like an unperformed promise, end quote. So my question to you is, isn't the action taken by the Texas Supreme Court in the Ruttinger case, in effect, Texas's way of backing out of a promise it made to workers across the state to protect them? Absolutely, Wyatt. You are, um, when that case came, came out last summer, it was detrimental in the workers' comp world. The one action that injured workers had against insurance companies and to hold them to the, the accountability stick was the good faith and fair dealing. And we see, we see blatantly that workers' comp insurance carriers must be a breed of their own. They're set apart. And when we as injured worker representatives cannot hold them accountable to a good faith and, uh, the standard of good faith and fair dealing, what can yeah. we offer our clients? Right. And you lose the leverage. I mean, what I'm seeing here is that, uh, well, for starters, being required to act in good faith doesn't sound like that big of a deal. I mean, we all ought to be accountable and answer in good faith for all of our dealings and contracts. So to me, this sounds like uh, uh, something that has really uh, tied your hands in being able to represent folks. Right. Yeah. It, it really has. And we see it not only in the benefits that they receive from a medical and income standpoint, but you see that the insurance carriers, they have no one to answer to. So what? So what if I delay? So what if I deny? And that insurance company, um, the as as we go to the benefit review conferences, we see that that's exactly the attitude. The attitude has changed so much. The insurance companies know they're almost above the law. So yeah. what? Request your hearing. Gotcha. So I would imagine that part of your discussion with clients is you can expect a fair amount of pushback and denials in in presenting your claim. But these are folks who who, who don't really have the time to afford uh, a, a long protracted fight. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about basic accountability for a moment. I mean, we have 
rules in the world to keep people honest, uh, to keep them uh, playing fair in whatever they do. And I'm thinking of, of a teacher in a classroom. You know, without rules, I've got, I've got some elementary school kids, and I know you do too. Without rules, it would be chaos. Uh, we have traffic laws that prevent pileups uh, every day on our highway. So how important is it to have enforceable rules that regulate how insurance companies treat their policyholders? It's vital, Wyatt. Vital in our world, and what we're seeing is that the insurance companies in the workers' comp arena are getting to that point. They're getting to the point where they have chaos and they get to run the show. Yeah, and they're, and they're being treated differently. I mean, it seems that everybody ought to have or be subject to the same rules, uh, treated the same way, including insurance companies. I'm thinking of, for instance, telling workers' compensation insurance companies that they don't have to follow laws requiring them to act in good faith uh, seems to me much like telling, uh, I'll just make something up, plumbers, uh, telling them they don't have to obey the traffic laws. It sounds a little ridiculous. It is, and as you mentioned in Deputy Martin's case, um, what is reasonable and necessary? That becomes a question that, as, a, as, a, as an attorney, I can't answer. We rely on doctors to tell us that. We see insurance companies, we see insurance company adjusters go to the very same peer review doctors, the very same, very same doctors that they use over and over to review medical records and issue their denial. Right. Well, that's just that's a sad state of affairs, and I think that's that's where we're headed. And, and you mentioned the doctors having to get involved. It seems like now we're we're adding somebody else to the mix. Uh, you know, workers. You mentioned this earlier, but they don't have any say in who their insurance company is. That's that's up to the owners uh, of the companies that they work for. And frankly, there aren't many for them to choose from in the first place. We're speaking with Leticia Gonzalez, a San Antonio workers' compensation attorney, about the workers' compensation laws in Texas. Well, you know, as we start to to wind up the show, one of the things I just want to throw out there for you. Is, is what should concerned listeners do to demand a change in this ruling? Well, what I tell, what we tell many of our clients, it's important that they let their representatives know, tell their story, write their story down, explain to those that we elect what the state of affairs is for injured workers. Are the, the laws have completely tilted into the insurance company's side, and we need to respond. Yeah, that's uh, it's really a shame, and unfortunately, I suspect, uh, and I see it in my practice, that folks don't know that the laws are not there for them until they need them, and getting people to stand up now when the time is right is incredibly important. Tell you what, we're going to have to wrap the show. Before I do, I'm going to say thank you very much to San Antonio Attorney Leticio Gonzalez, specializing in workers' compensation insurance law here in San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to wrap up this show, but as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we were to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment, thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. Let's talk again next week right here on Justice for All, The Wyatt Wright Show. Fight, fight.